Welcome back to Game Changers Podcast. This is Jack Fury, and I'm ready to give you a recap of a wild weekend of sports. We start on the hard court in the association, and the East landscape has gotten crazy. Right now, the Miami Heat are the number one seed. They've ascended to the top spot after a hot January, while the Chicago Bulls and Brooklyn Nets are just a half game back. Where's Giannis and the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks? They're just only one game back. While the surprise squad of this year in the NBA, the Cavaliers of Cleveland, just two back. And Embiid and the Sixers inching closer, just two and a half back in that Eastern Conference. Six teams vying for home court advantage, vying for the number one seed. It's excitement all the way around. We transition over to the mighty, mighty West. And the Phoenix Suns firmly hold the top spot. Three and, a half, three and a half ahead of the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry got a splash brother back in Clay Thompson. I think the Warriors are just trying to figure themselves out. While the surprise team of the West, John Morant and the Grizzlies, hold the third spot to six and a half back. It's exciting parody in the East as there's still a lot of potential contenders and appealing playoff matchups on both sides. Some other big question marks is what's happening with the Boston Celtics. Are they going to be trading star guard forward Jalen Brown? Are they going to try to rebuild what's happening with Schroeder? And on the Western Conference, we look at LeBron James, who's having a prolific offensive scoring performance. While his teammates are of old age, West Brick, he's not delivering up to the expectations that Frank Vogel and that squad um, believed he could. And obviously the health and the status of Anthony Davis going forward is going to be a big question mark. But it looks to me like it's going to be a new age in the NBA where the, the big teams continue to transition. And we're not really sure what's going to happen, which is very exciting um, going forward. We do know one thing, the stars shine brightest and the All-Star Game approaches. Currently, the NBA All-Star Game voting continues to progress, and currently the top vote-getters include LeBron James and Steph Curry, of no surprise, and the overall, the 10 starters right now would be LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Andrew Wiggins, John Morant, and Steph Curry from the Western Conference, while Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Embiid, DeMar DeRozan, and Trey Young for the Eastern Conference. If Durant can't go, it looks like Jason Tatum would join the other nine as the starters in the All-Star game. But crazy stuff in the NBA as we transition into the second half of the season and see which teams are legit and which teams are going to fade late. We transition from the hard court in the NBA to another type of hard court and the Australian Open. Currently, we're in the transition between the quarterfinals and the semifinals. And one big question mark, can Rafael Nadal do it? The other top seeds continue to hold serve. Right now, it's number six, Rafael Nadal, face off against Matteo Berrettini in the semifinals. And it's just two matches away. And in the other semifinals, still contention in the quarterfinals. But right now, it looks like there's a collision course for fourth-ranked Tsitsipas against second-ranked Daniil Medvedev, the defending U.S. Open champion. Overall, it seems to be a transition to a new era in men's tennis. The past 15 years have obviously been dominated by three men, Nadal, Novak Djokovic, and Roger Federer, who have accumulated a combined 60 Grand Slam titles in that range. But the likes of Medvedev, 
are starting to crack the surface with some of these other young stars, including headlined by Tsitsipas and Zarev and Berrettini, are starting to emerge and continue to progress later stages of these Grand Slam finals or Grand Slam tournaments. Um, we've seen some of them compete for titles and are just coming up short against the likes of Djokovic, who again is still number one in the world's ATP rankings. However, again, it looks like some of these young cats are going to overcome the top dogs. In the women's draw, top-seeded Ashley Barty will face American Madison Keys in the semifinal. The other semifinal match will be decided later today as two quarterfinal matches will progress through. The world number one, Barty, is trying to truly emerge as the best player in the world and is seeking her third Grand Slam title, winning her second last summer in the Wimbledon. We transition back to basketball, this time in the college ranks. And Auburn has officially climbed to the top spot in the land. Welcome to the jungle. And welcome to the top spot, first time in school history. Mufasa and Simba type stuff right now for the Tiger Kings. As Gonzaga, Arizona, Baylor, and Kansas round out the top five. It was Rock Chalk Jayhawk with an impressive two-overtime thriller over the Red Raiders from Lawrence last night. Also, an emotional win for Coach Bill Self, who knocked off Kansas State two days prior on the wake of his father's death. So, really emotional and really big time for Bill Self and the Jayhawks, who have nothing but tough game ahead of them. The Kentucky Wildcats, coming off a, a good game and a loss against Auburn, will face off against Kansas Saturday on game day, college game day. Also on Saturday, last week, Rick Barnes in Tennessee had an impressive defensive win over LSU as the SEC spotlight continues. However, the Big Ten and the Big East both have five teams in the top 25, while the SEC and Big 12 both have four representatives. It seems to be a transition in college basketball as more of these conferences get more representatives in the top 25 and really even it out. I know a few years ago it was the ACC who dominated, but it seems to be a down year for ACC basketball with Coach K and Duke in its final year, the lone shining star amongst the abyss of mediocre teams, including Virginia and Florida State. I would also say UNC trying to get to the tournament in the first year with new coach Hubert Davis. We will continue to discuss much more about college basketball in the next few weeks as college hoops begins to grab the national attention away from the NFL. We are transitioning into February just a month away from March Madness. The bubble talk's going to begin. Bracketology already expanding, so crazy stuff going to happen in the world of college hoops, and we're going to try to bring you that in the upcoming episodes. Another heads up is the Winter Olympics, which is nearing its start from Beijing. 91 nations get together starting February 4th. And a fun fact about Beijing, it will become the first host city to have both the Summer and Winter Olympics. And then there's the NFL. Some interesting news in the NFL before we kick you off with the divisional round games from last week. Sean Payton steps away after 15 years for the Saints today. It's the end of an era for New Orleans with both Drew Brees leaving last season and now Coach Payton after this season. A lot of excitement and a lot of wins in New Orleans over those years. So we'll see how the transition and the rebuild starts for New Orleans. And speaking of departures, all eyes are on the two prized veteran quarterbacks. We're looking at Aaron Rodgers and his goal to find a championship-aspiring franchise as the Packers are on the brink of a rebuild. Obviously, they want to keep their franchise guy, but there's a lot of other teams 
and a lot of other chances for teams to really rebuild real quick with a star like Aaron Rodgers, who's on the verge of probably his fourth MVP in this league. And will the greatest football player ever call it quits? Is Tom Brady officially over? He molds with family as all NFL circles, all NFL fans mole in anticipation of what's to come with number 12. And now here we are. Last but not least, the NFL divisional round games did not fail to excite. Four games, four decisive kicks at the end of regulation. If you don't like that, you don't like NFL football. Game number one, Joe Burrow and the Bengals versus Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. Evan McPherson, more like Evan McIce and his Zanes. The rookie kicker has been out of his mind this season and has delivered like Amazon early and often. The Bengals led 9-6 at halftime with a Derrick Henry three-yard rush, the only touchdown of the game. However, in the second half, it was an early Joe Mixon touchdown that gave the Bengals a 10-point lead that was quickly erased after a field goal and then an A.J. Brown touchdown with just 15 seconds to go in the third quarter. Stalemate in the fourth until with just 20 seconds to go. Ryan Tannehill threw his third interception of the game, his first throw of the game, and his last throw of the game both went to the Bengals. Tannehill more like Santa Claus because he gifted the Bengals the game and a trip to the AFC Championship game. And, of course, McPherson, before the kick, he said, Welp, I guess we're just going to the AFC Championship game. And away they are. Bengals, find a way to defeat the Titans and head to the AFC Championship game. And game number two, Rodgers Redemption. Aaron Rodgers and the number one seeded Packers hosted the 49ers in a snow flurry from Lambeau Field. Rodgers looking to finally beat the Niners in the playoffs. 0-3 against his hometown team. A team he said would regret not selecting him in the 2005 draft. An early drive with the Packers hammered home by A.J. Dillon seemed to be the perfect start for the home team squad. But neither team found traction both on the snow-covered field nor the offensive rhythm they needed. It was 7-0 at the half, which I think uplifted the underdog Niners. But with just five minutes to go in the game, the Niners trailed 10-3 until special teams mayhem. Block, punt, touchdown, tied it, and then a defensive stop gave Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners one last shot to win it. And Debo Samuel, a wide receiver, remember, who has carried the Niners on his back on the offensive creativity all season. He ran the Niners. Not caught. He ran the Niners into field goal range and all the way to the NFC Championship game. Robbie Gold turned golden. Wins at 13-10 at the buzzer. 49ers. NFC Championship game. Here they come. And in game number three, it was a common connection with Cooper. The Rams were out of the gate running. Battering their way to a 20-3 halftime lead, the Bucks missed field goals. They had penalties on kickoffs. They were doing everything wrong, including allowing a 70-yard touchdown to Cooper Cup, the Triple Crown winning receiver. And not only did they let up a touchdown, no one was within five yards of a star man for the Rams. It was over. It was curtains. But parents, listen up. You want to teach your kid about the will to win, the art of never giving up, the comeback kid, Tom Brady, is your man. 27-3 Rams early third quarter. Sound familiar, Falcons fans? Sorry about that with a 28-3 Super Bowl lead. And bang, 
27-27 with 42 seconds to go. So how did we get there? The Bucks got it to 27-13 with just 12 seconds left in the third after a Leonard Fournette touchdown run. And in the fourth, a turnover on the Bucks' own 30-yard line seemed to sink the pirate ship behind the end zone and Bucks faithful until a costly fumble on the very next snap by Matthew Stafford and the center gifted Brady perfect field position. Brady threw a dime right in the lap of Evans, who beat out Ramsey in a costly fumble on the next possession by Cam Akers when he was about to ice the game with a first down, broke the door open. Bucks converted a fourth down on the nine-yard line with a touchdown run by Fournette to tie it with just 43 ticks of the clock to go. But that's all. Stafford and Cup needed the most lethal connection in the NFL this season, turned on the gas, and had a beeline straight for SoFi. Their only thing in their way was a Matt Gay 30-yard kick, which was converted, and the Rams host the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. Now, flashback to just a few weeks ago, the 49ers were down 17-0, same team, same place to get into the playoffs. A loss, and the New Orleans Saints were in. What a crazy turnaround. Three weeks ago, on the verge of missing the playoffs, and now just 60 minutes away from finding themselves in the Super Bowl yet again. And game number four, we talk about offensive mayhem. It was the Bills versus the Chiefs. Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. What an anticipated matchup that lived up to all the hype and beyond. The whole game was plenty of excitement. But let's just fast forward to the great stuff. 8.55 to go. Bills down 26-21 after a Butker field goal. And then a 17-play drive manufactured by Allen and the Bills. Ultimate drama like a Shakespeare play as the Bills survived two fourth downs, including a 27-yard touchdown pass to Gabriel Davis, who put a man on literal skates. I know it's winter, but he's going to be sponsored by Slip and Slot after that. Now, 154 to go for the Chiefs. Way too much time for Mahomes and his men. And guess what? 52 seconds later, a 64-yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. Cheetah is a fitting name for that man. Fastest land animal, but flash. When DC comic Gardner Fox created his characters, he envisioned Tyreek Hill in his head. A blur of red and yellow sound familiar. So... 102 to go in a rambunctious arrowhead. Josh Allen with the weight of all of Western New York on his shoulders. Who but Gabriel Davis. NFL postseason record. Four touchdown receptions gives the Bills the lead with a mere 13 seconds. Ecstasy, jubilation, heroism on the side of the Buffalo Bills until Patrick Mahomes straps it up. He finds Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, his top two guys, and guess what? He gets himself into field goal range, and a Butker kick gets it to overtime. So now, a flip of a coin. A 50% fate went to the Kansas City Chiefs. And Mahomes found Kelsey ballgame. Allen was 9-0 on coin tosses in his career. Random stat, random luck. But when he needed it most, he lost a coin toss in the AFC Divisional Round of the Chiefs. Most important of his life. Not his fault, but what a game. The Chiefs will host the AFC Championship game against the Cincinnati Bengals. It's their fourth consecutive time hosting the AFC Championship game. Something that not even Brady and Belichick could do in the AFC. However, it is something Andy Reid did with the Philadelphia Eagles in the early 2000s. 
What a game. And here was Kyle's reaction just after the crazy ending to the Bills Chiefs. It's Kyle here uh, with a reaction after that Chiefs versus Bills game. What an insane game. Probably one of the craziest games I've seen in a while. Um, my boys, uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, were able to get it done. Um, pretty hype about that. But what a crazy ending. Uh, tons of points in the last four or five minutes of the game. And I told, I was telling my friend at halftime, um, whoever gets the ball last is going to win. And we saw that was true. Um, what I thought was true with the Bills, they were scoring with 10 seconds left. I thought that was the game. But then the Bills, the Chiefs got back, came down, got a field goal, went overtime, and then it was correct. That prediction, whoever got the ball last, which was the Chiefs in overtime, they got the touchdown. Um, crazy defense there by the Bills, but pretty smart play um, on the first first down with the 13 seconds left for the Chiefs, um, getting the 15 or whatever yards that Tyreek got with a little check down. And then I think bad play, bad defense by the Bills on the second play. Um, looked like they were playing like crazy prevent defense, um, almost a, not trying to let up a touchdown. They had two of their safeties back towards the twenty yard line or so. Um, I think you got to bring some rush, and you shouldn't be playing that far deep. But the Chiefs made another good play, and then came down to the leg of uh, Harrison Bucker, and then everyone knew it was coming down to the coin flip. Um, whoever won the coin flip was gonna most likely get a touchdown and win the game. So. It was a 50-50 chance for that coin flip, and it was huge that the Chiefs got it there. But Josh Allen really showed me, uh, proved himself to me today, honestly. Uh, I really had Mahomes as a different tier than him, and he still is. But I think Josh Allen has proven that he's that that next man up after Mahomes. Um, it's almost like the new Brady-Manning uh, duo. So I think this is, this is going to be a crazy quarterback competition in the next 10 to 15, 20 years. Not not even talking about Herbert and Burrow as well, um, as we see Burrow in the AFC Championship too. So these three these three quarterbacks we see with Burrow, Mahomes, and Allen, and then adding in Herbert, um, going to be some crazy quarterbacks in the AFC for the next decade or so. But just a crazy game here by the Chiefs and the Bills. Glad that the Chiefs came out with the win. Hopefully they can beat the Bengals next round and uh, make it to the Super Bowl. But quick quick other note. Um, all four of the games this weekend came down to um, the leg of their kicker. We saw McPherson in the Bengals game hit the game-winning field goal. And then we saw uh, Robbie Gold on the 49ers also hit a game-winning field goal. And then yet again for the Rams, Matt Gay hitting game-winning field goal. And then we saw Bucker today hitting the uh, game-tying field goal to send it to OT. So the kickers were – it was the weekend of the kickers for the NFL. Um, but, yeah, crazy game. Glad the Chiefs got it done. Hopefully we see another great game in the AFC Championship. That's it for me. Now, I was I also had a live reaction after the game, but decided to give you my reaction now, which comes down to just a few things. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs have the baddest quarterback in the league, and their skilled players specifically, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, are unstoppable. you got a double team on both, which is impossible for a defensive scheme. So, the Kansas City Chiefs have impressive weapons, clutch factor. They delivered when it mattered. But, my second point, the Buffalo Bills, tragic, absolutely terrible, embarrassing football in the final 13 seconds. I don't care who's at quarterback. It doesn't matter if it's Patrick Mahomes. I don't care if it's Tom Brady. I don't care if it's God himself. You can't allow a, 
of field goal in 13 seconds. Two mistakes. Number one, squib kick it, kill some of the time, and it lowers the chances of the Chiefs going all the way down the field. Number two, and more importantly, you're not trying to rush the quarterback. He's got 13 seconds. He has multiple timeouts, so it doesn't matter about out of bounds or not. He's going to call a timeout. They don't have enough time to make too many plays. They needed to play better defense. Their defensive scheme was terrible. And at the end of the day, you can get mad or not mad about the postseason or the playoff rule where the flip of the coin, first team to score a touchdown wins because the game of football comes down to real two things, offense and defense. I know special teams played a big part in a lot of these games, but defense is half the game. So if you want a chance to win the game, stop them. Force them to a field goal. I don't care if you're gas. I don't care whatever. It comes down to the fact that it's a two-way game and the Bills just failed miserably in the final stages of the game it's embarrassing I feel bad for Bills fans because it seems tragic everything goes bad for the Bills four straight Super Bowl appearances they lose all of them you just you got to feel bad but again Bills just just a terrible terrible coaching at the end of the game and there's nothing else to say but we'll discuss more about the divisional rounds and the AFC and NFC championship games in a, on our episode later this week We'll now transition to On This Day in Sports History, January 25th. And in 1924, it was the first ever Winter Olympics. We fast forward 98 years to 2022 for the 24th Winter Olympics coming from Beijing. In 1981, Jim Plunkett and the Raiders won the Super Bowl. And a special edition breaking news section just came in that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens will both miss out on the Hall of Fame in their 10th and final ballot opportunity, while David Ortiz, the designated hitter for the Boston Red Sox, is the only class of 2022 participant. Well, that'll do it for today's Game Changers podcast. Follow at game underscore changers underscore podcast on Instagram to join in on the discussion and see a schedule of marquee games. I am Jack Fury, and we will see you next time.